welcome to the Wilder Outdoors podcast, where you'll get the inspiration and information you need to have great outdoor adventures with your family. I'm Rob, your host. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. I'm really excited about today's podcast because I'm going to share with you the story of our recent family road trip to Mammoth Cave National Park. It was a big milestone for us because it was the first big adventure, you could say, that we could have with our kids. So our kids are six, four, and three years old. And my wife and I used to go on tons of crazy adventures, probably a little too crazy sometimes. But when we had kids, all of that stopped. Maybe not all of it. We tried a few times, but it was really hard to have something that felt like an adventure. But this trip This was a real adventure for both us and the kids. And so I'm excited to share with you what we did, hopefully to inspire you as you go and have your outdoor adventures. I'll also share several things that could have made our trip better because there were a lot of things that went right about that trip, but also a lot of things that could have gone better and things that we've learned along the way. So at the end of this episode, I will share with you some tips and tricks for you uh, as you try to get your family on a similar adventure. Before we start, just a few housekeeping things. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. And if at the end of it you like it, give it a good review. And finally, if you are looking for great resources to inspire your family to get outdoors, check out our free resource, Essential Reading for Adventurous Families. And to get that, you can go to www.wilderoutdooracademy.com forward slash reading list. So with that, let's get started. So big picture, one of the challenges that we are facing with our kids is the allure of media, whether it's social media or YouTube or Netflix, whatever it is, we initially tried to get our kids excited about real things, going into the outdoors, fishing, hunting for rocks, whatever it was, using social media because our kids were not ready for that uh, or were not ready to do those sorts of things on their own yet when they were younger. One of the biggest things that I did with our kids was watch Meat Eater. If you're not familiar, Meat Eater is a great resource to get inspired and get information about hunting, fishing, and all things outdoors. Really great material. However, when I watched the Meat Eater shows with my kids, what would happen is our kids started to think that going outside or doing outdoor adventures, especially with hunting and fishing, always had to be big. Sort of it's like a YouTubification of the experience. We were either going to be hunting bears or hooking marlins. And if we weren't, well, then what were we doing? Why go outside? And so our kids started to love the idea of doing things or watching people do things more than doing the things themselves. So that was the unintended consequence, number one. Number two is our kids started to develop, I would call them unhealthy celebrity crushes, man crushes. I'll give you an example. If you know Meat Eater, the, the owner and the sort of lead personality is named Steven Rinella, and he's a great guy, super smart. I mean, I've never met him, but he seems amazing. He inspired me, certainly, to get into hunting. But at one point, my oldest son, Michael, said, Dad, I wish Steven Rinella could be my daddy. You can imagine I had a lot of feelings about that, but most importantly, I was concerned that my son didn't see 
in me what he saw in Steven Rinella. So we started toning down the media consumption and have been thinking really hard as parents how to help our kids fall in love with doing real things. And so that brings us to the moment that the idea of this trip was born. In fact, our kids were watching a YouTube video, a dude perfect video. And in that video, those uh, gentlemen were finding semi-precious and precious stones. And our kids like rocks. They like hunting for things. And they asked, can we go do that? Little did they know that their dad used to be an avid rock hound and that in college he had a few spots where you could find beautiful geodes just everywhere, really easy to find and beautiful, really easy wins uh, if you are just getting into rock hunting or rock hounding as us insiders would call it. And so I said, let's do it. Let's create a plan to get our kids hunting for cool things in the wilderness. Now, my geode spots were all in Bloomington, Indiana, where I went to college and where I also met my wife. Now, from where we live, that's a very long drive, which is fine. But when I pitched it to my wife, she said, you know, Bloomington is nice, but if we're going to put that much time into a trip, let's go somewhere even bigger. And so we started looking for other regions of the country where you could find geodes. And one of the areas that we found online, but that we had never been to, was Southern Kentucky. And lo and behold, in Southern Kentucky, there is a huge national park that we had heard about, but never visited, called Mammoth Cave National Park. So we said, you know what? Let's make a big trip out of this. And we planned over the course of a week, this was in a lot of ways, very last minute, a five-day trip through Bloomington into Mammoth Cave National Park and back with the goal of having an adventure as a family that at some point, hopefully, would involve finding geodes. Now, again, we had never been to Mammoth Cave National Park and we had never driven to Bloomington with our kids. Now we've had some long road trips with our kids, but we've never had a destination where we would be uh, camping or doing something very specific and time sensitive given our schedule at the end of a long drive. So this was all very new to us. Well, our trip started early on Wednesday morning. And after about 12 hours, we got to Bloomington, Indiana. Our kids were tired, we were tired, in fact, one of the reasons we were tired, which is one of the tips I'm going to share at the end, was because we started at 4 a.m., which thankfully got us there with enough time for the kids to go swimming and then for us to visit our favorite pizza joint. Now, if you ever go to Bloomington, Indiana, you have to go to Mother Bear's Pizza. Just do it. It's amazing. It's where I gained my freshman 25 just candidly. I lost it after I graduated, thankfully, but that place is amazing. Go. We ate at Mother Bear's Pizza. We showed the kids where mommy and daddy fell in love all around the music school there. And then we went to sleep where the next day we woke up and we went geode hunting. It was great. The kids found geodes. Our middle son, who is very into dinosaurs right now, found lots and lots of a kind of fossil called a crinoid stem, which is not technically a bone, it's a plant, but it looks like a bone. 
and there are lots of them there and they look real cool. So he had a great time. Our oldest son found geodes. Our daughter, she's, like I said before, she's very young, she's three. Uh, she found the most fun waiting in the lake or waiting in the, the shallow end of the lake that was there. But otherwise, a great experience had by all. And so by 11 o'clock, we were packed up and ready to make the three-hour trip down to Mammoth Cave National Park. Something else that was new for my wife and I was that we had decided to stay in a campground. So prior to uh, us having kids, my wife and I would backpack very, very often. So we were used to being in remote places and carrying everything on our backs. Well, the campground experience was quite the change. Not only were we much closer to people, we were much closer to a lot of people. Now, we were very far away from uh, cell service. I shouldn't say very far away, but far enough to where we didn't have any cell service, so that felt kind of neat. But there were lots and lots of people uh, there with us in the campground, and thankfully, they made for some great neighbors. We had someone right next to us who brought their dog, and that was a hit with our kids. And it turned out that he had some really great short stories to share with us. I'd say the biggest downside, though, of our experience setting up camp was that it was really, really hot. 90 degrees. And I don't know what percent humidity, but it was sweat through your skin, your shirt, and all your clothes percent humidity. It was hot. So we set up camp. We started a fire to cook over. And then our oldest, Michael, sat down in his chair and looked at me and said, Dad, this is the life. And all my frustration with the heat went away because I knew we were doing something good for our kids. So with that, we ate some dinner. We waited for sunset. And we laid down shoulder to shoulder in our six-person tent. Even though there were five of us, our kids had gotten a lot bigger since the last time we used it. And in 90 degrees, we tried to sleep. And most of us did pretty well. I struggled the most. But as soon as the sun was up, we were ready the next morning. This would have been Friday. And my wife was intent on getting our family out on a good, solid hike. So we threw my daughter in the carry-along backpack. The boys can walk just fine. We put on our hiking shoes. And we hiked two miles with those little kids into a sinkhole again in 90 degrees it was amazing the whole area where we were is filled with underground rivers and caverns and the sinkhole we were at was where one of them had collapsed what we were able to do was take the kids down into the sinkhole and see where an underground stream appeared from the rock wall and then disappeared right back into it. It was amazing. The kids loved it and they got to see some of the most incredible geology that they had ever seen. Then we hopped in our car and the best we could, we scouted for geodes. So we put on uh, the movie Frozen and our kids loved watching that. But while they did that, I spoke with some locals and found some spots outside the park where there might be geodes. During that time, my wife drove me around and I'd hop out of the car, run in the woods, fall down some muddy cliffs, get some ticks on me that I probably shouldn't have had, scrape up my legs and look for geodes in all the places I knew they should be. And unfortunately, there were not any there. 
And so by the end of Frozen, we decided without some insider knowledge, geode hunting in Kentucky was probably not going to be successful. So we went to our plan B. And plan B was to find a small, shallow, safe eddy in the Green River where our kids could wade and play. Sure enough, we found one. It was beautiful. The Green River is beautiful. Although, again, I must emphasize if you're going to do this, you got to take your kids to a place where it's safe. Rivers can be really dangerous. So we found one that was safe. And there we sat. For almost three hours, the kids played and I fished. I caught my first smallmouth bass. It was amazing. Now, there was a little bit of drama. We're on the way back. I was carrying our daughter and my fishing poles and I slipped down a hill in the Kentucky clay. Oh boy, did I slip. As you can imagine, my daughter was upset. She was covered from head to toe in Kentucky clay mud. I was covered head to toe in Kentucky clay mud and all my fishing gear was covered head to toe in Kentucky clay mud. But as I have learned from a wiser friend of mine, it's not the feelings in the middle that the kids remember, it's the last one. So once we calmed her down, we cleaned her off, and we got back to the car, my wife and I walked through with the kids every great memory we had from that day. And sure enough, by the end of that conversation, every kid had remembered how much fun they had. So that was a win. Now we got back, uh, did our evening routine, cooked our food, went to sleep again in 90 degrees, shoulder to shoulder. And my wife and I had decided that the full drive from Kentucky to Minnesota would be too much given the little sleep that we were having. So we actually booked a hotel room on our way back. Uh, so we woke up, we started packing, and right as we started packing, boy, was there a downpour. And we all got soaked, and our gear got soaked, but thankfully, we had our car. And that last day, our plan was to go see the caves, and it did not disappoint. Soaking wet, we went and saw what I can only describe as cathedrals made by God that happened to be underground. The Mammoth Cave System is amazing. It's huge. It has a history that I never knew about and never imagined. Did you know that at the beginning of our country's founding, I should say at the, the early years of our country, we were looked down upon internationally because of our lack of gunpowder. Well, it turns out that in Mammoth Cave, there is the mineral needed to make massive amounts of gunpowder. And so we started mining Mammoth Cave just to increase our country's supply of gunpowder. There's some drama about a mushroom farm that had started there. There were collapses throughout the cave that are amazing and interesting to look at and things you hope don't happen while you're there. And then there are the caves themselves, which were formed by an underground river that must have been enormous. But as the nearby Green River started to carve out the Green River Valley, the water table eventually dropped below the cave and drained all the water out. And now we saw this happen during the rainstorm. As the water rushes towards the cave through creeks, they all hit the edge of the cave and disappear because they're falling through holes into lower caverns and eventually making their way into the Green River, which is just amazing and beautiful to see. So... 
that for us as a family was a very powerful and spiritual experience. Our middle son, who right now is very interested in old things, kept saying, Dad, Mom, are we walking on ancient things? And we could answer, absolutely you are. It was so cool. So with our clothes soaked but our hearts full, we walked out of the cave in the pouring rain, got into our car, did everything we could to get dry, and drove the three hours back to Bloomington, Indiana. Now, thankfully, it wasn't raining in Bloomington, so we got in another few hours of geode hunting, another great meal at Mother Bear's, and then the next day we began at 4 a.m. and made our way back home. Our hearts were full, our bodies were exhausted, and we had a real adventure as a family. And that adventure had a little bit of danger, a little bit of drama, a little bit of uncertainty, and things that were big and scary and mysterious and beautiful that all of us could experience. It was fantastic. And I encourage you and your family, if ever you have a chance to do this or something similar, just do it. There were several days where we were afraid that we might not do it, and I'll tell you what, I do not regret it at all. So, I promised you some lessons learned, some hot tips and some insights. I will tell you this as the first one. Now, I stole this from a very good friend of mine, or I should say family friends, Chad and Celia Baker. If you know them, you love them. They told us, leave early. And so we did. We got up at 3.30 every day we drove and left at 4 a.m. And it was the best decision we could make because if you've ever done road trips, you're always scrambling to get in late at night and everybody's grumpy and everybody's tired and it's just unpleasant. Well, especially if you're camping, if you leave early, you get there in time to set up in the sunlight, maybe even take a nap. It's great. So tip number one, Leave really early when you have long driving days. Tip number two is if you are going to go to a destination, travel when other people's kids are in school. And that might mean taking your kids out of school for a little bit. Our kids, our oldest is homeschooled, so that's not as much of an issue for us. But the thing we learned is that the national parks fill up during the summer. And that's because people have the summer off or at least their kids do. And it's wonderful to see them. It's wonderful to see people out in the woods. It's wonderful to see kids experiencing the woods, but it also means that there are people everywhere. So if you are able, get out when kids are in school. Now, if you can't do that, go during the week. The weekends are when things got the most busy. And that makes sense, right? That's when parents have time off and their kids are out of school. So tip number two is travel when your kids are in school, or at least when other people's kids are in school. The third thing, and this is something that could have gone better for us, is if you are camping in a hot place, buy a battery-powered rechargeable fan and a solar-powered charger. It would have saved us. We were drenched every night. We were so hot. And our neighbor was doing just fine. And when we went over and asked him what was his secret, it was a rechargeable battery-powered fan. So do yourself a favor and do that. The other thing I would recommend is if rain is anywhere in the forecast, 
prepare for it the best you can. Bring gear, bring rain gear, use your rain fly on your tent. But something that people don't tell you that is a really important trick is to trench your tent. So if for any reason you are on a little bit of a, even a little bit of a downhill slope, dig a small trench around your tent on the upward facing side of your tent. And what that will do is when water comes, it will hit that trench and it will run it around the sides of your camp. And that will keep you dry. If you don't, the water will run over your tent's footprint and that will make your tent a soaking mess. So buy a fan, dig a trench. Tip number three is scale your expectations to your kids' abilities. Like I said, my wife and I used to go on really big adventures. We used to go in the mountains and backpack for days and do all sorts of silly things. I say silly, they were really awesome, but we also made a lot of mistakes. Now, when we had kids, if we had those same expectations, it would not have been much fun because our kids on our hike could only hike two miles. My wife and I are used to hiking 10 to 15 miles a day with you know, big packs on our backs. But if we scale our expectations to have an adventure as a family around our kids' abilities, boy, does it fill your heart and even the small things become fun. So that is tip number four. Scale your expectations to your kids' abilities. It's an investment in them and it's an investment in your family. Next tip, tip number five. Camping saves you money, but be sure to create a budget and stick to it. This caught us off guard. We thought that by camping, we'd be saving money and that was it. Well, every stop to the gas station and every little ice cream trip that we had to make the, the heat seem a little bit better, well, that all cost money. So I will tell you that on the next trip, we will need to stick to our budget a lot better. That's it. So my biggest takeaway from this whole trip is that taking kids on an adventure is hard. It's exhausting. It might be 90 degrees and you might be covered in sweat, sleeping shoulder to shoulder with a three-year-old girl who keeps rolling on top of you while sucking her thumb in her sleep. But it's worth it. The benefits to our family, the benefits to our kids for their future and for our future together are things that I cannot even begin to describe. So get out there, have an adventure with your family. You can do it.